Hello and welcome to Moving Line Prop Drop Show. I'm Ryan Noonan, brought to you here by our friends over at WinBet. Download the Win app today, enter that promo code 444 and receive a risk-free $1,000 bet. Joining me as always, Connor Allen. Connor, what's going on, buddy? Not much. Pumped for another week of props here. Uh, the market, they started releasing them a little bit later this week. I'm, I was kind of excited, uh, you know, and I've talked about this with you a little bit offline here, but the release of these props, uh, especially from DraftKings, has been kind of weird. And I think it's actually been destroying the value a little bit because before on Fridays, they used to like release a bunch and then they would release a bunch more on Saturdays. Now, um, they're releasing some on Wednesdays for Sunday games, then some on Thursdays. And like, it's a lot easier to find value, I think, but then it shapes the market quicker. So now at this point, they're releasing a little bit later. I hope they keep pushing more towards Thursday even and kind of condensing everything. So there's a lot more value all at once. And those that are able to, you know, find value, it doesn't like, it doesn't shape the market as quickly. So that's my hope. Will it happen? No idea. Yeah, it's been it's been frustrating. We we actually designed the entire premise of the show to be on Friday afternoon as the props come out, and here we are. They're starting to come out, you know, Wednesday morning. It's it's, it's bizarre. But uh, also joining us as always in this spot is our buddy of prop stars, Alex Lesnick. What's going on, Alex? What's up, gentlemen? I'm super excited. I look forward to this show all week. Props is my specialty, so yeah, I'm ready to chop it up. Hopefully, we have another big week, and yeah, um, let's get let's get down to business. Good at what you do. Uh, tweet that out. Send it out. Let's get our people in here. Let's get them in the chat. Let's get them firing off some questions. We want this to be a little bit more of a uh, user participation show as well at the end. We're going to fire off four of our favorite props. And then we also want to get a feel for what are you betting? Are there things out there in the marketplace that you're considering or that you've already bet and you want to get our sense on it? Um, and we can help you kind of design your card as we head into the weekend. Uh, this is, again, Prop Show. We also do a Wednesday night game-by-game preview. Those are both available in podcast form along with our YouTube page. Uh, go ahead and take the time, subscribe, leave a review if you have time. We really appreciate that. Again, it helps us keep the lights on here, lets other people find us. Um, and then in the comment section, again, like you said, let us know what you're thinking. What do you like this week? Uh, and then get in there a little bit early and let us know what you want us to talk about because we want to want to have a little bit more interaction. It's always awesome. We're also want to let you know about our promo this week over at 444.com slash plans. You can scoop up our betting sub using the promo code Kelsey 87 is going to get you 25% off uh, for new subscribers. Or if you're upgrading as well, uh, 25% off and a 444 t-shirt. So take advantage. That's going to run through Sunday. So let's just jump right into it, Connor. I know we've got a uh, pretty full card uh, in our Discord chat, but again, we want to keep us fresh. If you are a subscriber already, we want to try to get you some fresh stuff as much as we can. But I know stuff's been rolling in this afternoon. What's your first one? Yeah, so this is this one is still definitely on the board. I like Tony Pollard uh, over 14 and a half receiving yards. Uh, I mean, this line to me, I think, is a little bit puzzling. So in his first two games this season, he has 29 and 31 on three and four targets. Uh, his usage this year is just like way up. Like he's being, I know he's still only playing 30% of the snaps, but when he's on the field, he's being used frequently. He's shown nothing but being an explosive player. Uh, and in this spot, particularly, we haven't projected for 24 receiving yards. So at 14, I think felt like it was way too low. I mean, you're looking at one long catch or, you know, maybe even two to three catches. And I think that his usage actually probably keeps continuing to grow, at least in the receiving game. Maybe not in the early downs. He's not going to supplant Zeke. You know, I think that that's a little bit of a fantasy. But in the receiving game and kind of being used simultaneously, I like the over there a lot, particularly here. I like it. I feel like all of his props are a little bit off. They're a little short. And maybe we're getting ahead of ourselves from a usage standpoint. 
But like some of the coach speed that came out of there feels encouraging too. Like they want to start to get him involved a little bit more and he seems like he's earned it. And in this instance, I think it makes a lot of sense because where it seems like he has the clearest path to carve out more of a consistent role would probably be on passing downs. So I think this number is a little short. I tailed you on that one as well. Um, my first bet here is Tom Brady uh, taking the GOAT over two and a half touchdown passes. This, for some reason, is plus money, which I think is is bizarre. I know touchdown props are, are hard, so I understand two and a half. We're asking for three touchdowns here to hit, but um, the Bucks are passing – a ton, uh, 75% in neutral situations, which is wild league high, like league average is 58%. So you'd love to see that. And then even more in the red zone, whereas, you know, league average inside the red zone is about 55%. They're also right around 75% in the red zone too. They're really not even messing with any of the backs there. I don't know that I buy into the narrative that they're trying to drum up like the record here per se, but I think that they know that put the decision in their hands of their best decision maker taking advantage of their best weapons, which again, even if it's not Antonio Brown this week, you're still with this rejuvenated Gronk. I don't know what's going on there, uh, but with Godwin and Evans, like that's their best bet and let Brady make decisions and find ways to, to take care of uh, the ball and, and throw for touchdowns. So two and a half in a game with a 55 point total where I'm leaning bucks and I'm leaning over on the bucks team total makes all the sense. So uh, did give me that one. Did Gronk get like ten years younger or something in the offseason? Like, is he doing roids or something? CB, like, what's CBD, what's going bro? On? CBD. Yeah, yeah he's he's mainlining really? CBD, and he's uh, it's like vintage Gronk right now. I know. It is awesome. Yeah, <laughs> a lot of yoga. Yeah, he's crushing, man. It's been it's been wild to see. So, uh, Alex, what do you got, buddy? Yeah, so my first prop, gentlemen, is Saquon over sixty-one and a half rushing yards. I saw this at minus one fifteen on MGM. Um, I've been really apprehensive regarding Saquon props all season. I've avoided them. I actually played his under in the first week, but, uh, yeah, he's finally off of the injury report. Didn't play great last week versus, uh, the Washington football team, but he did have that one 40 plus yard carry to me. He looks like close enough to where I'm comfortable with this number to being vintage Saquon or pre-injury Saquon. Um, he had 10 days off. They basically had a mini bye week. Um, love the fact that, you know, he had 13 carries week two, 10 carries week one. I'm expecting somewhere in the 15, 18 carry range. He gets to play an absolutely dismal, horrendous Falcon defense. That is like a perfect spot to give him a healthy workload. Let him do his thing. Um, yeah, I, I think this is a a low number for him. I think he could rip it off in one play. Obviously I think they're going to make him the focal point of the game plan. So yeah, I love Saquon this weekend versus the Falcons at over 61 and a half rushing yards. You got to love to see that, Connor. You've been chasing some uh, some season long prop bets with uh, Saquon. So yeah, I love it. I, I was looking at that number for a while there. I mean, last week he played uh, was it 58 of 69 snaps. So they they brought the the usages coming back, and I think that. You know, I mean, we talked about this, but like every snap that Saquon's not on the field is a borderline fireable offense. And for at this point, uh, with, you know, the Giants actually struggling, uh, I mean, he needs to be playing pretty much every snap. And he looks good, like you said. I think that he's he's close enough back to the point where he should be good. And so, yeah, 60 is probably a little bit short. Uh, I was looking at that heavy. I think I might play a little like half unit on it, too, because I, I do like that. What's your next one, Connor? 
Um, so we will go into that. This one's actually a little bit interesting here. So James Connor under three and a half receiving yards. Uh, I mean, it seems ridiculous. Uh, but if you kind of dive into the numbers here, he has zero targets through two games and he's just run seven routes total in those two games combined, seven routes. Um, so I mean, this is more of like a does he catch a pass type of bet, um, rather than like the three and a half yards, but you have multiple layers to this. Like, I don't even think he's going to see a target. He doesn't even have target through through two weeks if he does see a target is he going to catch that target if he does catch the target is he going to get four yards you know like that's like there's multiple things like he could easily catch like a little swing pass and get tackled behind the line of scrimmage because he's a little bit dusty you know like there's a lot of different layers to that bet and so the under there i, I like a good bit it opened at five and a half missed that it's still a three and a half though on DraftKings uh minus 110 so i like that i mean basically i just don't think he's gonna catch a pass or even see a target so i like the under there a lot yeah it really is kind of a binary one right Alex, you have like- something to add there too yeah, I was. Just, I love that prop as well. I expect Chase Edmonds to continue like getting the lion's share of the workload there. He looks a lot better. He's obviously a much better third down back and uh, pass catching back than Connor. Um, yeah, he's been super productive. I, I think they're going to continue to ride him and expand his role a little bit. So, yeah, I, uh, that's a great play. Love it. Uh, my next one is Allen Robinson. Um, I hit earlier in our Discord uh, over on his four-and-a-half receptions. Uh, we have it projected at six. Um, I also think the number is light on his receiving yards. We have 50, uh, the number is 59 and a half. Our projection is closer to 81. Uh, yeah, I get the little trepidation as far as how it relates to Justin Fields and him being maybe a little bit of an unknown commodity. We know that he's going to bring a layer of um, athleticism in the position to be able to extend plays and do all sorts of those things that can help buy time. But I don't necessarily think that the Browns secondary is as poor as they performed so far, but through two weeks, they're 31st in EPA per drop back allowed. Obviously, you know, Patrick Mahomes is going to have a massive impact, but they were pretty awful, especially the first half with Tyrod Taylor last week. It allowed them to do really whatever they wanted. Again, I think that kind of, there's some positive regression there, but again, it's, it's obviously not an elite back half. The front half of that defense is is better than it is, but um, when you look at this number, he's, He's topped this. Robinson has, he's top 59 and a half, 60%, 67% of the time in the last 18 games. Um, kind of coming off of a dud, so a little bit buying low after an air ball against the Bengals, but I think buying into A-Rob. Again, if you think of anything, like I know a lot of times we think of rookie quarterbacks and like maybe they're going to look for their tight end. They're going to want to dump the ball off to, you know, easier spots. Like you would think his first read hopefully would be their best player. Um, so, you know, I feel like Robinson catching five, six balls here for over 60 yards is, is well within the range of outcomes for him today and or this weekend. So like that a lot, like both of those same game parlay that bad boy, if you can somehow, right. If you want to get a little full DJ if you can on, yeah, I, I feel like that there's like some good, there's definitely some games or some way to play that. Cause I think fields is like really volatile, you know, like I think for sure. there's, there's some ways to play it, like just to the extremes, like all of the unders, like alt unders, like combined, or like all of the alt overs. I just, you know, I don't know what we're going to see. I have no idea. Um, but I, I think that he's an intriguing talent in a lot of ways. So I think it could be, I think that's probably how I'll play some of the actions, just like find some exotic ways to bet on him either crushing or just like being way below expectation. <laughs> yeah. No, without a doubt. There's, there's some volatility to it for sure. But it feels when we have those projections so strong. Um, I feel pretty confident in, you know, him getting there. I, I love the four and a half. Like I feel like he's going to catch five balls pretty confidently with any sort of a dots. I'd imagine he should be able to to carry that home. So, all right, Alex, what you got next, buddy? 
Yeah, so my next one, guys, is LaVisca Chenault over four and a half catches. I last saw this at minus 138 at FanDuel. A little bit of a similar uh, process or idea here regarding buying low, like you were mentioning with A-Rob Ryan. He had a um, poor performance last week versus, in my opinion, probably the best or one of the best secondaries in the league in Denver. Um, he did still end up with seven targets, had two catches. I don't think he even mustered. I think he was two receiving yards. But, yeah, it was a really poor performance. Coming off of a great week one where he had ten targets, I think he turned that into uh, seven catches, I believe. Yeah, I'm expecting a big bounce pack performance. I think the opponent obviously is really friendly. They're playing the Cardinals. This projects to probably be the fastest-paced game in the on the slate on Sunday. I expect a ton of throwing on both sides. Um, I expect Chenault to continue running high-percentage routes and continue to kind of serve as a safety blanket for Trevor Lawrence. So, yeah, I like him to go over four and a half catches, even though it's a bit juicy. I think he's a great bet to go over. I like it, too. I like the over that game. The Jags are playing at the league's fastest pace right now. Like, they don't have many situation-neutral snaps because they basically have been getting blown out all season. But you like to see that they're at least playing fast when they're getting boat raced every week. So um, I, I think there's going to be a lot of plays in that game, and you know, counting stats like that, I think make a lot of sense. So good call there. Uh, Connor, next one. I think this is one I th- might still be popping is, if not our best or one of our best plays in the model. Yeah, I don't think it's the best, but it was one of the best. So it's Alan Lazard under 27 and a half receiving yards. Um, we have projected for 1.2 receptions and 10 receiving yards. Uh, fourth among Packers wide receivers actually behind Adams, Cobb and MBS. So last week, you didn't see a single target on 27 pass attempts from uh, Rodgers. He was still playing, but I mean, even the week prior, he went two for 16 on four targets. He's averaging 9.2 yards per target over his career. So, I mean, he would need a a relatively efficient outing on three to four targets at his career average to hit the over there. Um, And so, I mean, given everything here, I know that the the 49er secondary is a little bit weak, but just given his role, and I think that Cobb continues to ascend, I think the Rodgers and him start to get a little bit more poor, uh, you know, get back into their groove, and that Lazard kind of takes a backseat to him, and and kind of with with how that's going, I like the under there. It, I mean, it opened to like 30, still at 27 and a half. I'd probably consider playing it down to like 25 and a half, to be honest. Yeah, good call there. Uh, next one for me is DeAndre Swift, over 29 and a half receiving yards. Uh, is minus 114 over on FanDuel. I took this earlier in the week at 31 and a half. Now there's a, a 29 and a half. So I think it's worth mentioning again. Uh, comfortably topped his number in both starts so far this season. Uh, he's averaging six catches on eight targets and 53 receiving yards through the first two weeks. Again, negative game script expected there. They're eight point dogs at home. Uh, again, really no threats on the outside, so it's going to been it's been a lot of receipt or running backs and tight ends there, and I think that probably continues here against Baltimore. And um, yeah, I think just kind of the easiest way to get the ball out of Goff's hands and to be safe is to get it into Swift, and he has obvious after the catch skills as a running back to be able to hit this twenty nine and a half pretty easily. So um, our projection is in the mid forties here. So confident in Swift getting a, a pretty nice workload. I wish that like there was a clear cut like the lineage between how Swift and, and Jamal are being used. They're just overlapping, so but like random. Swift is getting like 65% of, of what, you know, is out there. So I still think that he's, he's the guy to go to. I mean, this has been the, this is the exact same thing as we saw in green Bay. It's literally, he just does, he can do everything that Swift does except worse. For sure. So, and like, same thing, what he did with Aaron Jones, he, he yeah. can catch the ball, you know, he can run the ball fine. He's not bad. He just like doesn't do yeah. anything particularly well outside of make jokes in a press conference. That's, that's it. Yeah, he's good at that, though. Again, great clubhouse guy. (laughs) It matters, yeah. It matters. Alex, what's next, bud? 
Yeah, so my next one, guys, is Najee Harris, under 68.5 rushing yards. I've been fading Najee the first two weeks of the season. I'm going to continue to in spite of Deontay Johnson not playing on Sunday. Um, He has had just a terrible start to the season. Um, In addition to Pittsburgh's offensive line, has performed about as poorly as advertised. Um, Through two games, Harris has 83 rushing yards on 26 attempts, good for 3.2 yards per carry. In addition to the line struggling to open up holes, his performance has also left a lot to be desired. Um, He currently ranks 35th out of 36 running backs who qualify in defense-adjusted yards above replacement, which uh, compares the performance of each player in terms of DVOA to a replacement-level baseline rather than the league average for that position. And that translates into total yardage. So, yeah, basically, put into layman's terms, outside of the offensive line, he's not playing well. Um, He looks slow to me. On the other side of the ball, the Bengals have actually been a pleasant surprise. They held both Dalvin Cook and David Montgomery to identical stat lines of 20 carries for 61 yards. I expect this game to be low-scoring, ugly. Um, And, yeah, I just don't think many holes are going to open up for Harris. Ben looks washed. I just think the line's not going to push anyone around. And, yeah, I think he's going to have a hard time going over, even in an event where they increase his workload. If you think that Ben's going to throw the ball less, I just have not seen it. And, yeah, I'm going to fade him. I like it. Uh, it's tough when you're not coming off the field and there really isn't any competition there. But, yeah, they've been kind of victims of that offensive line so far. So it'll be interesting to see kind of how that evolves and how injured is Ben because Ben does this every year. Like, he is such a drama queen. Like, he – we always have to know about every bump and bruise that Ben has. And, like, it's just – it's always so serious, and he's always questionable to play. Like he's, I make a dated reference. Like he's always going for the Willis Reed thing. Like he wants to be the hero that comes out and just saves the day. Sorry, I'll, I digress. I'm not a, not a huge Steelers or Ben backer, but uh, it's just yeah, it's I mean, tired. The Packers or the the Steelers fans in my life are tired of this as well. So just put that <laughs> out there, um, Connor. Where do you get next one? Uh, so I'm going to go with uh, Alvin Kamara under 15 and a half carries. Um, and so in this particular spot, uh, like the line, I just don't think reflects kind of his historical, uh, you know, carries wise. He had 20 carries in week one. So I think that's kind of why the line is so high. And they obviously got rid of Latavius Murray. Um, but if you go back to last season, uh, he's gone under this this number in 14 of his 17 games, uh, 82%. We even projected for 11.2 carries. Now they're playing against the New England Patriots. Uh, I mean, on the road, it's like the Saints' third straight road game, as Noonan has mentioned multiple times, uh, after playing in Jacksonville. Uh, you know, week one uh, due to being the relocation. Uh, and then the offense as a whole just put up 128 total yards. They project to play at the seventh slowest pace, uh, accor- or they played at the seventh slowest pace so far. And this game projects to be just like one of the slowest pace games of the week. Uh, Pat Thorman does some great research on that uh, over at Establish the Run. And, and like this game right now, I think is going to be slow, boring, kind of grinded out. Um, but again, like, I don't think that the volume, that doesn't add up to enough volume for Kamara there. So I like the under on his 15 and a half carries. You can find that right now, minus one Oh five on DraftKings. actually went down from his being juiced up a little bit more. I still like that, uh, you know, definitely there. Nice. I like it. Uh, next for me, last one, Keenan Allen over six and a half receptions. This is minus minus one thirty five on points bet today. I want to attack this chief secondary whenever possible. Keenan Allen, I think is really the best way to do it efficiently, especially from a target standpoint. Uh, it's nice to see Mike Williams kind of emerging, taking some of the, the deeper shots there, but there's just a lot of room, a lot of meat on the bone, I think, for Keenan Allen here. He's seen double-digit targets and caught at least seven balls in the past four matchups against the Chiefs. 
they don't have an answer for him. We've talked about this, like this Chiefs defense is, we know the offense is like a Super Bowl caliber unit, but the defense is a problem. And they have the, all these reclamation projects at corner. They're hoping that something sticks. Um, I just don't think that any of them are going to be able to stick to Keenan Allen. Again, 55, 55 and a half point total here. We expect this one to go back and forth. I think it's uh, a pretty nice play for Keenan. I'm willing to pay a little bit of juice here. Like I said, I kind of think that the Chargers are are live outright here. So um, I think that Keenan Allen's going to have a, a massive, massive part of that. So uh, Alex, take us home. Yeah, I like that one a lot, Ryan. Uh, but yeah, my final prop is Justin Fields under 212 passing yards. Talk a little bit about A-Rob earlier and we touched on Fields. But yeah, in about two and a half quarters of play, Fields had 60 rushing, or excuse me, 60 passing yards last week versus the Bengals um, in almost three quarters. Um, he almost had the same amount of rushing attempts that he had um, passing attempts. Uh, yeah, I think he's going to take off a lot. Uh, we mentioned how rookie quarterbacks tend to lock on to their first read and then take off if they're covered. I anticipate that happening a lot, but that's also kind of why I do like Allen Robinson, even though it doesn't necessarily correlate to this play. I expect him to look a lot towards Allen Robinson. Um, I also think this Browns defense is a bit better than advertised. They obviously got shredded by Mahomes. Um, they didn't look great about the, against the Texans, but yeah, I expect the Browns defense to perform pretty well against the rookie quarterback in this spot, making his first start. Um, yeah, and I also expect the Browns to run the ball a ton, which is kind of, they have a run-centric offense. That's what they do every week. They grind clock. I expect it to be an ugly game, low scoring, lots of rushing attempts. I also expect the um, the Bears to also implement a, a, a run-centric, pat, uh, uh, excuse me, offensive attack as well, get the ball in Montgomery's hands, limit the amount of throws or mistakes that Fields could potentially make. So, yeah, I like his under at 212 and a half passing yards. Alex, you don't live in Chicago, but let me tell you, there are a lot of excited Bears fans. Uh, you know, they're like, I have friends coming out of the woodwork sending me, you know, Justin Fields hype videos, uh, you know, <laughs> and I'm like, dude, like, you know, you you guys just don't know. I think you could be good, but like I'll, that, I'm on board with what you're saying, Alex. I think that uh, the under is probably my play here, but uh, I, I think he could be a very good player. Uh, so, yeah, I'm high on his long-term outlook. Yeah. I think he's going to be like a phenomenal quarterback eventually, but this is a tough spot for any rookie quarterback making his first career start versus, you know, at yeah. least a, a above average defense. Mm-hmm. You know, I just think this is uh, for he's, sure. He's going to be a mobile quarterback or run first quarterback. So, yeah. I'm mad that, uh, you know, some of the groups got down on that over 40 rushing, 40 rushing yards for fields, like within seconds. seconds uh, I yeah. mean, that was decimated i was trying to i couldn't even post it in our discord fast same enough. with his rushing attempts they just yep it just it, it was it would now it's like 55 something like that uh i mean that's about right i'm not hitting that so yeah such is life this is we yeah. it was so nice to get them all on fridays and here we are trying to <laughs> you know, trying to grind it so Pick up the scraps. Uh, yeah well those are all actionable that was uh, a plethora of current bettable props for you so we can complain that they're some of the good ones are taken but we just gave you good ones still and uh you're also generous with your questions we have a few that we can run through here we'll start with alfred on twitter great question here uh alfred says something i often find myself thinking about is there a limit to the amount of bets you'll place in a game even if you feel that each individual one is plus ev generally how concerned should one be with bankroll management and several different bets are correlated 
Thanks. Thank you, Alfred. Good question. Uh, Alex, what do you think there? Yeah, so uh, I think that's a great question. Um, typically speaking, I, I'm not really comfortable putting more than maybe uh, like I do go high volume on props early in the season, but I can't, I can't envision a scenario where I'm going to risk more than a quarter of my bankroll. Like, so yeah, I think that you need to kind of air somewhat cautiously. Um, yeah. And as far as correlated plays are concerned, I tend to, yeah. Uh, for instance, I like, there were two plays in um, Seattle's game. It was Chris Carson under 17 and a half rushing attempts. And then I believe Russell Wilson's uh, passing attempts was 37 and a half. I liked both of those unders kind of found myself in a predicament where, you know, <laughs> leaning towards one and like, you know, kind of negating the other probability of happening. So sure. yeah, I, I liked both of those plays. I ended up playing both of those plays privately. So it makes yeah. sense though. Like you, yeah. we, they just could be off on total snaps, and especially in that matchup, like that's a. I just I hate betting unders. I know that like especially in totals, like I, I know that unders, especially in in prop market, unders are always there's so many outs for unders, but they're just so painful to sweat. But there are that total jumps out is really high for me. I haven't pulled the trigger, but like both those teams at their core of who they are, they want to run the football. Like they both want to just grind it and it was painful to watch like having sweating out Kirk Cousins and Justin Jefferson props last weekend knowing that they're just chucking the ball around the field whenever they want to but like they insisted on grinding the clock down to one second and running first and second down all the time it was painful Mm -hmm. so I I could see that happening again in that game so it could they could both hit so Connor how many is too many in one game um, I, I would say that it depends on how confident you are. And then a lot of it depends on the game state. So like you guys said, so you guys expect a, you know, a really slow paced game. And then we've talked about it on, on Wednesday. We probably expect whatever team gets ahead is just going to want to run the ball. So like, I think that that game is a little bit scary lean towards the under. So I think that playing multiple unders there is actually okay. Uh, and especially if you have a big advantage in uh, the projection wise, I think that it's fine. I think the same goes for overs though, too. We saw in the Bucks Cowboys home opener, pretty sure every player hit the over on their receiving props. Like it was like just a bonanza. Uh, and so if you literally bet every single over, you would have been just fine. And I think that obviously those games are tough to predict, but I mean, the total was like in the mid fifties. So, you know, it wasn't that surprising. Uh, so I think that, you know, understanding game state along with that kind of uh, plays into my process as well in terms of correlating plays and things of that sort. Yeah. There's a lot of contextual things For that sure. I feel like you need to weigh in that process mm-hmm. when you're looking at things like totals are obviously a, uh, good indicator of if you're wanting to lean over under or looking at like historical splits as well, uh, how it pertains to the total. So yeah, I fully agree. Love it. Next question is um, from bears fan on Twitter thoughts on Sunday night football props. Um, pull up our thing here. I know that I, um, I'm interested in Devontae Adams props always. And I know that our, our, Projections are always going to be bullish on Devontae Adams props. Um, again, especially with Jason Verrett out of the lineup, I think that Niner secondary is fraudulent. If they don't get pressure, um, they're in trouble. It was really disappointing last week that the Eagles weren't able to take care of it. We actually gave them credit for how they schemed Philadelphia, how they schemed week one against Atlanta, how they didn't put Hurts in these situations where he's either just running or chucking it down the field. That is exactly what they did against the Niners last week. He was either running or they were taking shots down the field. Whereas I think they probably could have managed a 
and like drove down the field more efficiently a bunch of times. They had uh, Jalen Rager touchdown call back because he stepped out of bounds. But like, anyway, I, I feel like this Niners secondary is something that we can exploit. I think there's some name brand value there. And even though the Packers are slow offensively, like pace-wise, they were last year too, and they still led the league in points per drive and yards per drive. Uh, this is a massive mismatch for Devontae. I'm trying to find his number here. Um, his catches are eight and a half. Eight and a half is a ton of catches, but you can sell me oh on an God. over. You can sell me on an over eighty-five and a half receiving or receiving yards, but the eight and a half catches I is. Can't, uh, I can't play eight and a half. Dude. Yeah. I can play over eighty-five though. Sure. <laughs> eight and a half is a lot. Oh, on the other man. side of things, I like Debo. I think Debo is being slept on. Uh, he's mm-hmm. looked phenomenal, obviously, coming into this week. He was the leading receiver in receiving yards, yards after the catch, yards per game as well. Um, yeah, I love the way that his route tree has um, kind of evolved. They're using him down the field. They're targeting him down the field. They also manufacture touches for him. He's one of the best yards after the catch receivers in the NFL. As long as he's healthy, I think he's going to be very productive, and I think we're going to see continue to see Kyle Shanahan scheme him the ball, get the, get the ball in his hands because he is electric when he has the ball. His uh, receiving line is around 63.5. I think that's too low. I have him projected in the mid 70s. So, yeah, I'm playing Debo's over. Yeah. I, I, my only, I just wonder when they're going to kind of work Brandon Ayuk in, like what he did to get in the doghouse or like, you know, is it yeah. injury related? Because he looked like a legit alpha wide receiver one last year. And I know Debo is a little banged up as well. So it's kind of like those two have switched. Um, I'm excited when they have both of those two healthy slash in good form and Lance on the field. I mean, it's going to be uh, wheels up for that offense. No, that's going to be fun for sure. A couple, uh, Two part questions. Oh, well, and also too, like Connor gave us one. He gave us a Sunday night prop on Lazard, so that's a you know a freebie from from earlier too. This is kind of a two part question. Uh, we could do it quickly. KJ on Twitter. Um, are there any players that you have a good read that you continually cash with? Yeah, Devonte Adams. <laughs> Devonte <laughs> Adams yardage props have been uh, pretty fruitful, and is actually the only guy that I think I've ever. I don't I don't bet touchdown props. Um, Last year he was money. Like he was, they used him so frequently inside the five. But now, like they're like minus two hundred. Like you're telling me, like that probability is insane. It's just not. It's, not it's just not the right way to do it. And I just continue to, to preach that like there's a reason that the sports books post those bad boys at the top when you open the app. They are there on purpose. They want you to bet the touchdown props. And I know that they're fun. And like the first touchdown props, those are even dumber, people. I'm sorry. I understand the appeal of them, but just leave them alone. Did, there are other ways to bet. Did you guys see FanDuel today? They posted a same game parlay at the top when you log in. It's like this many people have bet this same game parlay, and it's like five different player props over. And I'm like, what? Like, this is just the biggest sucker bet I've ever seen in my life. Yeah. Oh, man. They're just like feed. It's like the barstool thing. They're just like feeding you losers, like literally feeding you losers. The other part of the question where there's any specific players that have burned you too many times that you've blacklisted them and don't bet. Um, uh, personally, no, but I, you know, I, I feel like that would be, you'd be missing opportunities, but I don't want to speak for the group. Alex, what do you think? Yeah, I agree. I, I'm, you know, even if it's a guy that I've had poor results with over, you know, significant sample size, I'm never going to just neglect him, you know, because if he provides value or he offers value or the projections, you know, offer uh something that I think is a strong play that I'm going to go for. Um, But I do have guys that I like, like for instance, like rookie receivers that I think are being underlooked, undervalued. I think all of us have been on Jalen Waddle to start the season. Rondale Moore, I'm waiting for his props to drop. Um, Yeah, I've been riding both of those guys. Um, 
Devontae Smith, even though he uh, missed his receptions uh, prop last week. I, you know, he's, I still think that these really talented, explosive young rookies, the books yep. are a little bit behind on projecting um, just how, uh, ex- mm-hmm. how productive they can potentially be or their roles in the offense. And so, yeah, I, I tend to look and kind of ride those types of situations. And the flip side of that, I've been fading Najee Harris for the first two weeks and fading him again this week as I've, brought his play up earlier so yeah Yeah. how about you Connor anything real quick yeah I think I bet David Johnson under receiving props uh like seven times last year because (laughs) he would only get two to three targets a game and under two and a half receptions was plus money literally every week Uh, and on the flip side uh you know I'll never not bet something if there's value but you know watching a player like like Leonard Fournette rent turn into Christian McCaffrey at halftime of the first Thursday night game was uh tilting to say the least and you know but i mean it was that like he was being used in the receiving game so like i'm not going to bet the under the next week even though i don't i thought that there was value in week one definitely wasn't value in week two and the overhead again and now i think you know with ronald jones permanently in the doghouse there's no value going forward on those receiving props because you know uncle lenny's uh, rb1 so not touching it yeah I mean, I, I'm, it's not that I stay away from Ronald Jones props, but I think he's terrible at football, so I just don't bet on him anyway. So, like, I don't blacklist him per se. I just don't want – I wouldn't feel good about cashing a Ronald Jones ticket. I wouldn't even tell anyone I bet it. I wouldn't put it in the Discord. I definitely wouldn't tell Connor about it. So, um, it just is uh, something I stay away from. Uh, another good one here. Curious of your thoughts on the Deontay Johnson fallout. Do you think Juju will be the main beneficiary? Do we like his over 56 and a half? It's Adam on Twitter. Um, I actually already bet on Chase Claypool over receiving yards today. I took that as a speculative play for us in our Discord chat this afternoon, thinking that there was a chance that Deontay was out. Our projections uh, had him a yard short of his prop number, but our projections also had Deontay for 5 and 57. And if you look at like snaps and routes run, there's really not a lot of room for Juju to see an increase. Uh, doesn't mean that he can't see some of those targets, but he is probably going to play a similar amount of snaps and run a similar amount of targets where last week, I think Claypool ran 13 fewer routes um, and then had a handful of less targets. And there's room for him to grow here. I think also there's just kind of some air yards by low stuff in on him too, with kind of the way they use him and Trey Waynes is out for uh, the Bengals. Again, not a great secondary to begin with, but my play there reactionary to Deontay would be on Claypool. What do you think, Alex? I, I absolutely, 100% fully agree. Um, we've seen Juju. His role is going to remain the same. We've seen Claypool, like you mentioned. He's had minimal volume in the first week and the second week. Um, I think he's a phenomenal breakout player. I think he's extremely talented. I think he can get the ball, get the ball in his hands more, and he sees higher volume. He's going to uh, be a major breakout receiver. So, yeah, I think he is by far the biggest beneficiary. And if I was looking at anyone in that offense that was going to um, soak up some of those targets. It would absolutely be Claypool. So yeah, I love his over. Love it. A couple more. Next one to you, Connor. When analyzing a game or prop, how much is game theory versus breakdown and statistics? That's from Scott on Twitter. Um, I would Are you say grinding film. I, I would say it's a mixture of both, and I think it depends on like kind of what. Yeah, I would say it's a mixture of both. Like obviously, I take into consideration what I've seen. Take into consideration, you know, our projections, uh, game flow, over unders, you know matchup to some extent volume uh injuries are big too like it's just some blend of all of that uh and so that's how i would mostly say i mean there's there is a more defined process to it than that but those are all the things that i i personally consider alex how about you 
Yeah, Connor, I think that's spot on. I when people ask me like, what do you weigh or do you look at this or I, I tend to tell them it's like a giant puzzle and there's you know various puzzle pieces that I'm using um, projections. There's contextual data, historical data. Um, yeah, there's a lot that goes into it. Uh, I'm looking at um, yeah, at pretty much all the information and data that I can possibly get my hands on and then some. So yeah, it's quite. Uh, it can be as you know complicated as a process as you want it to be, or you can try to simplify things and just you know compare it to projections or you know statistical analysis or modeling that you look at. But yeah, I tend to look at every bit of data and information that I can get my hands on. I agree. I think leaning data makes the most sense. I'm a psychopath. I know probably um, you know these two are as well. And if you're listening, you probably are. Um, but you know, Game Pass is an amazing feature. You know, you can like knock out a game in forty. 45 minutes. The only thing I would say with that is that we, you know, you're, you aren't in the play call. You aren't in the huddle. You aren't in the coach's ear. So we don't necessarily know what the ask was. So like, it's hard to get in there as far as like being a real tape grinder per se, um, without really knowing exactly what you're looking for. Obviously there are some things to any eye that's watched enough football to know, you know, what's good and not, and, and not good in moments. But also I would say, just be careful on, relying too much on your scout eye and giving yourself too much credit for what you think you're seeing. Cause we just don't always know, you know, especially when it comes to like blown coverages defensively. Like we just, we weren't on, the, we weren't on the play call. We have no idea who, who blew what. So um, tips or mindset hunting are for unders more naturally. I feel like for every four overs, I have one under and I'd like to switch that. I can relate to that, but um, I think it's a little bit, I find it easier to bet unders in the season long market. I find like I enjoy finding an edge in an over. Um, I feel like there are opportunities where we're always talking about like the old adage I go back to all the time is like DFS. Everyone uses DFS. They're always using totals to think about how, right, how do I want to build stacks? What are the highest total games? I feel like one of the weaknesses there is that you want to look at games that you have an edge or lean on it going over the total, right? It's not necessarily baked into the projection. It's not going to drive ownership, but you feel like this one's way off. And if this was four and a half, five points higher, they'd be driving a ton of ownership there. Then I have an edge. So for me, I lean overs often, even though I know it's a donkey play and there are so many more outs for unders. Uh, Alex, how do you balance that? Yeah. So I, uh, it's counterintuitive, right? To like, look at something and then suddenly feel like, you know, this should go under. Uh, I totally understand the mindset of kind of being overwhelmed with things and overs making a lot more sense. Uh, I guess just repetition for me. I just, you know, basically have figured out that unders historically hit somewhere between 55 and 58%. Um, so yeah, I tend to analyze things or I kind of, trained myself to analyze things to look under before I even consider an over. Um, so yeah, basically uh, it's just was a process that evolved over time. Connor, what do you think there, buddy? Yeah, it takes time for sure. So, I mean, I, even last year for me, so uh, Dan Rivera does a sheet for us and tracks all of our picks and stuff. So, I mean, at the end of the year, I was hitting 63% of my unders and like 55% of my overs. Uh, and I played twice as many overs as unders. And so that's something this year. And just like as I've evolved, I've continually tried to play more unders and just focus on like our projections versus, uh, you know, like that. Because, I mean, everyone wants to bet overs. So, like numbers are always inflated to some to some extent. And so for me, like it is, has been like Alex said, like, you know, 
is the under needs to be the first consideration. And then it's like, if you only should be betting it over, unless you have like a 20 to 30% edge on a number generally, uh, if not more. And so, because there's so many outs for an under a player, you know, pulls a hammy or something like that, or even if they have a few plays McCaffrey. Yeah. And then like, you know, you, you just don't know all the time, like uh, with the over. So it, it's really, really tough. Uh, there's a lot of variance, but I would say, you know, using projections helps a lot for unders. I would say that's like the biggest thing is like to keep you grounded, like use, uh, you know, our projections of four for four, use the odds makers projections over at action network. Like there's fantastic resources that do projections that are better than sports books. So like that's kind of should be your basis for betting unders. Yeah, no, it's a great, that's a great point. So great questions in the chat. There's some more we couldn't get to, but we uh, can save these for next time. Again, don't forget to pepper it early. Um, put them on YouTube, um, or if they're already on the YouTube channel, this translates. I'm not sure how it works. We'll find them. We'll go over there and answer them too, because we want to make sure we, uh, you know, a- answer all those questions. So um, you guys are awesome. Again, don't forget use our projections. Four for slash plans. Take advantage of that Kelsey eighty seven promo. Good through Sunday. That is going to get you twenty five percent off if you are a new subscriber. Uh, the betting sub gets you everything on the site. Um, we have to. Uh, give you a taste of that real quick with our um, prop tool pick of the week. Sal is two and O and this gives you uh, a little bit of look at what this tool does. We actually merge our props with the books out there. Uh, Sal, you can pop, pop that up there for everyone to see. Let's see what your prop is. We can get our take on it before we wrap up the show. Uh, did you change it this time? All right, let's see what it is. All right, Tyson Williams receiving yards over ten and a half. Uh, oh, is that is that all it is right now? I didn't even know that. That is uh, it's juicy. As you can see the prop uh, prop tool here likes that quite a bit. Our projection is uh, comfortably higher, twenty three point six yards there. Uh, nice seventeen point seven screaming bright green value. Um, Alex, first impressions. Yeah, I like that a lot. I'm actually shocked it's not 15 or 16. Um, yeah, I think he's earned the lion's share of um, the backfield touches. He's looked great the first two weeks. Um, yeah, I, I think that's a great prop. I'm shocked that I haven't seen it, and uh, I'd like to play it personally. <laughs> Connor, your uh, initial reaction tells yeah, me that, that, I need that was that was my thought. I thought it opened at like like six, fifteen, sixteen. I didn't know that it was available at ten. I'm I'm in on that. I'm I'm going to bet it right now. Actually, Sal, I'm, I'm in on it. Nice. Well, Sal's two and zero here with this one. Again, um, if this is new to you and you're watching the first time, this is available through our betting sub. It's incredible. Again, you can see you can pick your states, you can pick your book, uh, whatever stats you want to display. You can get real granular if you want to look at team only or player only. You can adjust props all the way to the far right column if you, maybe you have an offshore or you know a credit book and you get a different number. You want to still see where that lines up and what the value is. This is really uh, user-friendly. And uh, yeah, we're pretty proud of it. And it is helping us make some good decisions and kind of check our instant reactions to the prop tool to kind of gauge where we should put our money. So uh, good stuff, Sal. I um, think you're going to end up being 3-0 and here. It sounds like the guys are pretty convicted on that one. All right. Well, that wraps us up. Again, don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review. Leave us a comment. We really appreciate it. Again, if you have any other questions, uh, we I will make sure I will circle back here um, either you know Sunday or probably later today or Saturday. Make sure we get these answered for you and uh, so what, you can chase any numbers that are out there currently before they die. So for Connor and Alex, I'm Ryan. We will see you next week. Thanks, everyone.